Twitter, <laughs> I am Saeed Jones. And if you don't moan right now, well, you're never going to learn. He is Isaac Fitzgerald. It's true. It is Friday, and this is our last time hosting AM to DM. What a pleasure. What, what an absolute pleasure it's been. We love you all so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to get all nostalgic and all weepy today. I'm wearing sunglasses just in case I start to cry. Got to like over under bet on that. I just want to start by saying thank you to the staff. Clap it up for the staff. Obviously, the show is going to continue under Alex Berg and Zach Stafford, two incredible hosts. We're going to have a segment with them later in today's show. You'll get to know them better. We're so excited for you guys to really engage with them and enjoy their company. But for us, this is goodbye. This is goodbye. Thank you so much for inviting us into your mornings, into your timelines. It is no small thing to become a part of your morning routines. Mm -hmm. um, and listen, Twitter is crazy, so to think that we contributed in any constructive, positive way uh, <laughs> is, is really nice, but also there are just truly so many people here at BuzzFeed who have made this happen, um, and we wish them all the best, but just thank you. Yeah, no, I'm gonna say it again, and thank you to the AMTDM staff, come on. Clap it up. All of you guys, give yourself, come on, be louder. Seriously, you guys don't understand how many people work on this show, work so hard to make it happen. They are all such wonderful human beings. And our director, Diane, got us Prosecco, which I'm drinking right now. I have no idea what he's talking about. Shout out to you, Diane. Shout out to you. Thank you, girl. That's it. Let's take it to the timeline, baby. We are going to miss you all so, so much. But now tell us, are you going to miss us? We're needy. No. Do you have any favorite moments? Do you have any parting shots? Something you really want to get off your chest? Now Send nudes. But only if you're attractive. I don't want no mediocre nudes. No, no. This is 2019. We are an apocalypse. This is the end game. I want first-rate nudes, children. We've got real last day of school energy here. Oh, AM yes. DM. Join us using the hashtag am to dm But only if you're attractive and you're syndicated. That's not actually That's true. That's absolutely so. not true at all. But we are not the only ones leaving our jobs today. LOL. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not laughing near her. I'm just laughing across the Atlantic Ocean from her. Here's a tweet from BuzzFeed UK politics reporter Hannah L. Othman. We all knew this was coming, but now it's official. Theresa May will step down as prime minister. No more weird, awkward walks from her. <laughs> we don't get to see her you're gonna do miss that weird, angly, walking, walking British British Somebody dance. please give that for me. Hannah joins us now. Good morning, Hannah. Morning. Hi. Hi. So today's announcement, that's what happened. She came out, she said it, but when is she actually going to step down? Right. So she's going to step down as party leader on the 7th of June, so two weeks from today. So she'll still be in place for Donald Trump's visit and for the 75th anniversary of D-Day celebrations. Um, she'll, she'll step down in two weeks in that role, and then they'll kick off a leadership contest to find her successor as Conservative Party leader and Prime Minister, but she'll stay on as Prime Minister while that, um, while that plays out. So we expect the new Prime Minister be in, to be in place around the end of July. Okay, I mean, listen, I, I, I'm not going to pretend to have been able to keep up with every step of Brexit for the last few months. It's just been very overwhelming. Years. Yeah, I mean, my <laughs> goodness. Um, but what will be her legacy? How does her story end in terms of this role? So, I mean, 
It depends who you ask, really. I think most people would accept that she had a a very difficult job. Um, Tom Watson, who's the deputy leader of the the Labour Party, the opposition party, he put it quite well, which is that um, she inherited a very difficult job, but she did it quite badly. Um, she didn't seek compromise until it was too late. Um, so, she, you know, she inherited this poison chalice that, that would have been difficult for anyone. But it was already going to be hard, but she, she didn't do as well as she could have done with it. She had a kind of a hard job to do, but maybe didn't rise to the occasion as well as she could have. Let me ask, with that in mind, is it safe to say that if she hadn't stepped down, she would have been forced out in the not too distant future? Mm. Yeah, I mean, there were there were all sorts... I mean, she's already survived one attempt to get rid of her late last year, um, and that meant that technically she was safe for a year, but, you know, her, her own MPs had got so unhappy that they were talking about changing their own party rules to get rid of her. Um, members of her cabinet, her government ministers, were threatening to resign en masse. Um, so she was really sort of facing mounting pressure and it, it really was a case of her jumping before she was pushed. Mm. Now, listen, I know British people have a strange relationship to emotions, but I, I was struck by Theresa May getting choked up at the end of her little speech. I mean, it was a pretty short statement, but, you know, it just sounded like she was on the edge of tears by the time she walked away earlier this morning. And People have interpreted that all kinds of ways. Um, what do you make of her, her speech this morning? Well, I think it sort of started off quite an interesting debate about how women in the public eye are viewed, because the main criticism before about her, you know, she was called the Maybot, that she was too robotic, that she didn't show any emotion. And now when she has shown emotion, she's been criticised for that as well. We've got some of the newspaper front pages here. The pitch they've chosen is one of her crying. So it was kind of a case of, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Absolutely. Okay, you answered this a little bit earlier, but tell us what comes next and what is expected for Brexit? Well, now we're looking at Brexit potentially being on, on hold for a while because we need to find out you know, what what direction um, the new leader is going to take it in. So we've got a couple of... So there was meant to be another vote happening the week after next. That's not going to happen now. We've got two months for the new leader to be decided. Then it's the summer holidays. Then the parties all have their annual conferences. So it looks like there's going to be another sort of rush to, to get Brexit done in October, like we saw in March. Wow. Well, politics being what they are here in the United States, we're not one to judge. Uh, Hannah, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks. I enjoy your last day. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. People are in the mentions are taking bets on when we're going to start crying. Really? Yeah, someone thinks you're going to start crying before the first five tweets. So. Oh, shit. Look out. He's All got right. on his sunglasses. Mm, mm. Well. All right. Here's a tweet from Daily Beast tech reporter Will Summer. Twitter just permanently banned brothers Ed and Brian Krenzenstein. The resistance duo, I'm sorry, I, it's just hard for me to read this tweet without laughing. The resistance <laughs> duo allegedly operated fake accounts and paid to artificially increase their incredibly annoying Twitter audiences. Now, NBC News reporter Ben Collins brought some gravitas to it, saying, mm. no matter how you feel about them, their truly Orwellian banishment is a stark reminder of the chilling effect that banning the crowd. Eisenstein brothers will have on free speech. L-O-L. 
<laughs> had you there for a second. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Isaac and I are leaving and we're taking Teresa May and these annoying ass white dudes with us. We're all pulling it down. I love it. I'm Daenerys hearing the bells. <laughs> they were so annoying. So here's the fun thing. Oh. And I feel like shout out to my oh. timeline, I guess. They never... These are two people that I don't actually know a lot about because I yeah. follow smart, good people. I mean, a blessing. Mm, a blessing mm, upon your house. Mm. Um, I feel like I only saw their tweets because when we would do the show, going to look at the president's annoying-ass tweets, mm. they were always, like, replying. And I feel mm. like that was a part of their strategy. So it was like, trauma! Annoyance. Trauma! <laughs> annoyance. Well, Will Summer joins us now to talk about this beautiful development. Will, good morning. Hey, thanks for having me. Momentous show, so happy to be on. <laughs> of course. You are lucky to be here, Will. All right, so <laughs> for people who were fortunate enough not to know who these idiots were, who were the Krasenstein brothers? Sure, so Ed and Brian Krasenstein are these two young guys. They're brothers. They're really buff, and they hate Trump. And so they kind of became famous for constantly. They would be the top reply to a lot of Trump tweets. So he would tweet <laughs> something, and they would say, like, good day, sir. Like, you will be impeached. And this was like a big hit with a certain, uh, you know, a certain kind of hashtag resistance demographic. So these guys got really famous on Twitter for uh, basically really not liking Trump. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, wait. I, I need you they to say it again. <laughs> say it again. Describe them. Who, 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 say, say that top part again. Well, so there's a lot going on with the crass and scenes. No, so no, you just need to say again that they're two buff guys. They're, they're really buff. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of part of it is that they would like post these like pictures of themselves, like, you know, like coming for no. you, Trump, or whatever. I had no idea. Did you know this? <laughs> no, man. I had no idea they were out here thirst trapping democracy. I this children's book in which Robert Mueller is kind of dressed like a Chippendale dancer. He's shirtless and he's like going to come get Trump as well. I love the idea that these are two guys who, they're basically reply guys to the president who love to flex. Oh my flex God. and reply guys. All right, That's listen, exactly it. why is Twitter <laughs> saying that these two annoying hunks are getting banned? Well, so according to Twitter, you know, Twitter's always kind of cryptic with these statements, but if you kind of read between the lines, they're saying that these guys were operating fake accounts or they were operating kind of somehow disingenuous as secondary accounts and that they were buying engagement. So it's not clear what that means, but it's like you can imagine either buying followers or buying retweets or maybe both. Okay. I... (laughs) One second. You want me to to jump in? I'm back. I'm back. All right. 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 Okay. I can laugh about them for literally the rest of this morning, Mm. but is is there any... To read the tea leaves for a moment, is there anything of significance in terms of decisions Twitter is making more broadly um, that we can kind of glean from them kicking these two guys off of Twitter? Well, it's interesting. I, I, you know, obviously there's been kind of a conversation about people getting kicked off of Twitter um, and whether it's political censorship, stuff like that. I mean, again, it, just like uh, Jacob Wool, who's another kind of like uh, Twitter fame ball, um, you know, it, this apparently seems to come down to alleged violations of the rules uh, rather than any political content. Uh, the the Krasenstein say they're innocent and that they've been the victims of some sort of scheme against them by the right. And they say they'll be back. So, you know, this is currently a lifetime ban, but I guess we'll see. Okay, they're saying they'll be back. Uh, is, that, is there, like, another platform they might go to? Are they, like, big on Facebook? Twitch? <laughs> <laughs> Twitch is probably a pretty good idea. Uh, it, it, uh, you know, I, I think they're mainly on Twitter. I, I have to presume they have some sort of Facebook presence. But, you know, this is kind of the, the reverse of what we've seen with a lot of people on the right who have been kicked off of Twitter. 
you know, in terms of politics and news, there's not a whole lot of other places you can go. Instagram ends up being a uh, place a lot of these people end up. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start, uh, you know, posting their Trump stuff on there. I mean, if they're out here trying to thirst trap democracy. Yeah, man. It's a logical next step. Just a couple of ripped reply guys, (laughs) baby. Pose it out. Pose it out. Will, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. God bless that man. God bless that man. And God bless us, everyone. We've got another great show for you, and it's our last one as hosts, although again, AMT DM will continue under Zach Stafford and Alex Berg. We're going to get to sit down with them later in the show, but also musician Craig Finn is here. He's the front man of one of my favorite bands, and he has a new solo album, but up next, it's Fire Tweet. Welcome back. Uh, thirst trapping democracy. It's beautiful. I mean, what a movement. It almost makes me wish we had the time to interview them. <laughs> Just have them on and Show ask them. Show me your electoral college. <laughs> How do you work those angles? Do you have a quorum? <laughs> Stop. I'm sorry. That said, I haven't cried yet. Some folks on the timeline oh, been taking bets on when I'm going to cry. It is going to be the first fire tweet right now. Somebody said I'd cry before the first fire tweet. <laughs> Only tears of joy at this oh point. My God. Only tears All right. of joy. Let's get into these fire tweets. This first one comes from Damarian. Were you in the like the B2K group? Anyway. <laughs> oh, I just heard people in the control room laughing. Okay. <laughs> Damarian, you t- are you in the You're not in the boy group. Okay. You tweeted, yeah, being told I love you is good, but have you ever been called big man by the guy serving your kebab? Yeah. <laughs> it feels really good. Is it, is listen, it, listen, when somebody, sometimes when somebody calls you big man, not so hot, right. right? But when you have a spot, when you have a place that you go, whether it be a bodega, uh-huh. whether it be a bar, whether it be, you know, whatever your spot the is. The Constitution, hey, big man. When they start getting a nickname for you, that feels good. That feels nice. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> tweeted, hearing about what you did drunk is great because you're the main character in a story you've never heard. Ooh, I love this. To that point, I can't wait to tell you about this show tomorrow. I mean. <laughs> sip, sip. Sip, sip. Cheers, y'all. We're making memories. We should <laughs> erase My tongue is really memories. red because I've been eating Starburst. Well, so if you're you touching sh- and worried sharing. about me, just... That's what's going on. Okay, anyway. <laughs> this tweet comes from James. Uh, you tweeted... Headquarters, this is how you play our game, the one we invented, black people. Mm. Uh, no, no. No, no. Listen, the only thing worse than playing Uno with my family is spades. Mm. I played mm. spades mm. with my grandmother a decade ago. A decade ago. And it got so ugly I haven't paid it since. What? It was Awful. What happened? Who she crossed me out? The line? Okay, your grandma. My grandmother was- cursed me out. It was awful. Were you cheating? No. Was it deserved? Was, we were like partners, and she was mad I wasn't doing it. <laughs> you weren't pulling your weight. I, I, I was playing it for the first time. How was, old were you? I was like a, a college student. I was like a freshman <laughs> in college. Horrible. I don't know, man. I feel like your grandma's like you're a grown ass man. You should know how to play. <laughs> Just, I will not play Uno with her. <laughs> Dolores, it's not happening. It's I not can't. happening. No. B, you tweeted, 
when I get home and see how ugly I looked while I was out. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. It's really That's about really finding good. that perfect video. That's really good. It's beautiful. Oh, girl, you look good, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. That means that's, like, that's the move. That's really that's good. That's the move. Ooh, I look so bad. Ooh, I look so Ooh. bad. But really, actually. All right. Good. Screaming. Okay. Tweet of the day comes from Juice. I'm last, assuming it's Lizzo's. Last one, buddy. Oh, my God. You're not going to get me to choke up. Juice, you tweeted. Yeah, I am. So, my dad showed me a 30-minute PowerPoint presentation on why one should always wear a condom during sex. All the slides were just pictures of me. <laughs> and there we have it. Public policy from the state of Alabama. Coming up, I just got with singer Jack Finn, but up next, we are going live from the district. Paul McLeod, supposedly, is gonna be in the house. Give us our rights, you bastards. Welcome back. We're going live from the district with BuzzFeed News Capitol Hill correspondent, Paul McLeod. Good morning to our favorite Canadian. <laughs> Good morning, guys. <laughs> Thank you for noticing I do have new glasses. <laughs> what are you wearing? I mean, it's pretty clear what he's wearing. It's just what I wear around the office. Oh, man, Paul, this is the last time we'll be speaking with you, and we understand that you obviously wanted to take a trip down memory lane. Can I start by asking you, where is that photo from? Yeah. This is from when you guys were in D.C. last time, and uh, said you were yelling at me, and oh. I just started hugging you, right. and someone took a photo of it. I'm sorry, Isaac, I don't have an equally good photo of the two of us. It's all right, baby. We can make them in, in, in days to come. Days it's to always come. good to have your trigger alerts turned into fabric. <laughs> but uh, by all means, take us down. Remember, we have no idea what's about to happen. So I don't either. I didn't really plan anything. I'm going to be honest. I pretty much was just going to phone this one in. I mean, you guys are leaving. I don't need to impress you anymore. Um, I don't know. It's been two years. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> Very confused, Paul. Uh, let's talk about where you got that T-shirt printed. Oh, you can find anything on the internet these days. Oh my God! I mean, okay, no, let's actually let's let's actually do this. We've we've had we've had a long couple of years, guys. We've we've gone through so many ups and downs. We've had well, we've had a lot of downs. Yeah. I think there's maybe been a couple of ups in there somewhere along the way. Uh, we've had the Mueller report. We've had the Kavanaugh hearings. Uh, we've had the longest government shutdown in American history. Remember that? We Which get talk one? about that every day. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, well, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. We had multiple government shutdowns, but one of them was historic. Okay. And uh, I don't. Yeah, you know, we've got we've 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 documented the first half of uh, of Trump's term in office. I feel like I feel like this is a good moment to just like sit back and then remark on how utterly weird it's been over the last two years. And I just want to say, I have no idea how historians are ever going to write any of this down in a straight face. Like, with a straight face, how, how do you describe uh, the Sean Spicer era, for example, in a history book? I have no idea. There's a man I haven't thought about in a minute. Paul, I really want to ask you this is a genuine question. What keeps you going as a reporter and a journalist? Besides Prozac. That's a good question. Um, that is a good question, and definitely sometimes, uh, certainly these days, 
you kind of go in and you just wonder, does any of this matter? Um, but I mean, at a certain point, you got to tell yourself that, yeah, it does. And you can see it when, in a lot of the work that we've done that other reporters are doing, that it does break through and it does matter. And I mean, at a certain point, you know, someone's got to do it. This is, this is, you know, we need people to chronicle this. We need people to write about the things that are going on and so that we can take stock of this. And even if people, a lot of people don't want to take stock right now, they will in the future and we'll be able to look back and say like, here's what actually went down. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what keeps us going. That's what keeps us going. So, Paul, uh, earlier this week, I went to lunch with our editor-in-chief, Ben Smith, um, and oh, yeah. railed against <laughs> journalism um, because I've, you know, I've tweeted about this, but I, I am deeply concerned uh, that journalism media um, isn't uh, functioning in the way that it needs to um, in this political climate. Um, and I have a lot of reasons why that's the case. So I, I wanted mm. to ask you, as someone who has been covering uh, the Trump administration in different aspects, I mean, you came in focusing on healthcare, for example. Um, what is one thing that you feel is really important for both reporters and people who value journalism to keep in mind as we move forward? Well, one of the things when I was walking to work this morning and I was thinking about how, you know, what am I going to talk about? Like, how, do, how on earth do you sum up all of the crazy stuff that's happened over the last couple of years? Is I was trying to sort of pull myself back and look at it from the long view. And, you know, I kind of realized that for as much as everything seems like a huge deal in the moment, and, and not to say that all of these things that are going on are not, there's a lot of important things that are happening, there's a lot of huge debates that are happening in our country. At the end of the day, I mean, Trump hasn't, you know, completely changed this country. He hasn't remolded it in his image. He hasn't built a massive wall on the barrier. He hasn't passed any health bill that actually does anything. He hasn't passed immigration reform. He ha I mean, for this country, for better and for worse, for worse, is really hard to change. And, you know, it's been kind of joker's wild for the people who have been wanting to, you know, to, to fix regulations and legislation in the meantime. But Trump has not come in and completely changed the way Washington works. And I think it's kind of important to recognize that, that, you know, the next person who comes in is going to undo much of what's happened here. And a lot of the story of the Trump administration, to me, is failure. It's failure to do all of these things that he has promised to do. I'm sure there's some lesson in there for all of us, but I haven't really figured out what it is yet. Well, Paul, we really appreciate the optimism this morning. And let me tell you, I look forward to becoming a fan of AM to DM to watching you when you're on the show and still giving you shit for being such a terrible hey, fan. Well, guys, look, before you go, we got a few other people here who want to come and say hi. Come on, guys. <laughs> what is that? Hey, everyone. I have no idea. <laughs> Dan! We love you. Oh, my God, Tarini! <laughs> ah, thank you, no Take it easy. <laughs> Bye, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's a tear, ladies and gentlemen. Ding the bell. Say Jones Prize first. 
sit down with Hold Steady frontman, musician Craig Finn. I'm very excited for this conversation. Stay tuned. He doesn't know what he walked into. Oh my God. <laughs> Welcome back for my final sit-down. I'm talking with Craig Finn, singer and frontman of the band Hold Steady, whose solo album, I Need a New War, is out now. Good morning, Craig. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, for viewers that don't know, I've like written an essay about how much I love the Hold Steady. Craig, I really love your solo albums as well. We really appreciate you coming on. Oh, it's exciting to be here on your last day, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and things are a little loopy. We're festive. having fun. Yeah, that's what you said earlier. You said, you said ooh, things are feeling really festive. They're feeling <laughs> festive this morning. That's absolutely true. So let me ask, listen, I Need New War, it's, it's the end of kind of a trilogy of solo albums that you did, right? Yeah, uh, and it wasn't something I set out to write a trilogy. It wasn't like, you know, from design. But what happened is three records ago, I made a record in 2015 called Faith in the Future. And it felt right. The personnel, Josh Kaufman, the producer, the drummer, Joe Russo, and the engineer, Dan Goodwin, we basically just kept recording for five years, stopping to put out these dispatches, if you will. Um, and, and so these three records were made kind of very similarly. And I think when I at the start of those, these three records kind of mark a shift in my songwriting mm. uh, to something maybe a little more granular, a little smaller, um, and maybe a little more empathetic. A little more empathetic, a little smaller. What, when, when you say that, do you mean in comparison to like the Hold Steady? Yeah, well, the Hold Steady, I, I mainly write lyrics to music that's being brought in by other band members. Mm -hmm. And it's usually big. So I kind of, big things have to happen. You know, people have to get shot and fall off the roof and all that, you know. <laughs> Where I think um, the solo stuff can operate at more of a mundane day-to-day -day and um, maybe a little more personal, maybe a little more vulnerable. Yeah, you're talking about your lyrics right now, which are, they're really character-driven. And mm -hmm. throughout your entire career, people have been like, oh, it's like novel writing. It's like these songs are like true stories. So what is it like to kind of focus on smaller characters who are maybe a little later in life, maybe not living these big, grandiose moments, but kind of just dealing with the day-to-day? The -day? Yeah, I mean, I think in, in a lot of ways, it's more of the people I know at this point. And, um, you know, uh, not, not, you know, Know, uh, with not huge things happening. But I mean, I think the interesting thing right now is for me to, I wrote a lot of songs in the whole study. I've written it's a lot of songs about people making bad decisions, pursuing bad decisions, you know? And, uh, and a really lot going of, hard yeah, after yeah, bad decisions. Deciding to do something bad and doing it well. Um, but the solo stuff, a lot of times I found, I'm kind of interested in writing with people who are trying to do the right thing, mm. but still are having a hard time keeping their head above water. Mm. And um, these are kind of, you know, I, I kind of trained it on maybe a little more unexceptional people mm. um, uh, that I see. And, and I, at where I'm at right now, that's just where I, what I'm interested in writing about. And, that, and that's what catches your eye. Let's talk a little bit about the audience, because you still do play with the Hold Steady. Mm -hmm. You guys still do big shows. Um, your audience has really grown with you, right? The Hold Steady started in like 2003? 2003. And the audience is, the community around the band is, is a huge part of what we do. And it, it was from the, from the onset we talked about that. We wanted people to sort of have something to believe in, if you will. <laughs> and, um, and it worked. And, you know, people travel from all over the world. It's very, uh, you know, it's an honor to, uh, we do these shows and people show up from all over. I came from New Zealand, you know. Yeah. I met this guy in, in a bar the night before and he was like, yeah, well, we came over from the show from, from New Zealand. And I was like, and you didn't just tell me that right away. Like, like, <laughs> he like built up like, to it. He was like, just for the record, I've traveled halfway around the world yeah. to see your music. Yeah. Do you do you find though that your audience, like they're, they're growing older as well, right? They're, they're kind of growing. Rock and roll can be seen as kind of a young person's game. Why is it important to you to kind of keep making music? Uh, 
I mean, for one, I just love it, and and it's a connection. You know, it's it's making this connection. It's a, um, I think any good art is about that. Trying to make a connection with the audience and make them say, "Hey, I felt that that same way." You know, and uh, that's what that's what I'm trying to do in all my work. Um, but the the whole steady, yeah, it's definitely grown. We have an older fan base now. Um, you know, hopefully, young people coming in too. But you can see it. You know, I was like, I, I remember you from 2006, <laughs> and you're still coming out, which is, you know, it's an honor to have that and a blessing. Um, Do you find those same people that come into your solo shows, like really following you on these records? Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. You know, I mean, the solo shows, uh, it burns in a different energy. Obviously, there's less beer throwing at the solo <laughs> shows, um, but but you know, people people come up for that too, and 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 uh, react accordingly to that. Yeah, absolutely. You, you've, you've been making music for, for, for a long time. Before the Hold Steady, there was the band Lifter Puller. Mm -hmm. um, and really, how people make money, how bands survive, let's put it yeah. that way, has really changed. What stood out to you? You know, there was merch, there was touring, there's streaming. What stood yeah. out to you about all that? I mean, for me, like, I never sold a lot of records in an era where people were buying a lot of records. <laughs> so I, I didn't, there wasn't like this missing part of my income, you know? <laughs> um, but to me, I, I, the biggest thing is, is how people react to commercials. Um, mm. You know, in the 90s, that was like a real problem. If you, It was like a big know, sellout moment yeah. if you sold your song to a commercial. Yeah, now I don't think anyone blinks twice. You know, it's just, that's one of the things that's just part of the deal. And is that one of, that's one of the things that allows you to go on the road yeah. and, and to basically live your life? Yeah, those are things you hope for because they allow you, yeah, they, they fund other things. You yeah, know? absolutely. You're going on the road, you, you, it's, a, it's a solo album, but it's not like you're playing every no. instrument, right? No, I have a big, uh, I'm about to go on the road with a big band. It's a bass, drums, uh, guitar, sax, piano. It's it's a more expanded solo band than I've ever taken out. I'm really excited because the new album is pretty lush. There's a mm. lot of, there's a lot of instrumentation and I think we'll be able to do it justice with this lineup. Yeah, it, and it is. It's super lush, but it's, I would argue you, you talk about kind of smaller characters, but it's also speaking to an American experience. There's It's very current. I mean, you even have a lyric that mentions talking about the president on this latest album. Why is that important to you? I mean, I think all these albums are in some way political. I mean, they're, they're about the people. The people on these albums are most affected by the policies that come down, you mm. know, uh, health care. Mm -hmm. I mean, these people don't have, like, you know, that locked up. Mm -hmm. um, economy stuff, jobs. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I feel like these are the people that, that are really affected by the policies and by writing about them. That is its own political thing. Do you have, because you, and it's important to me, for those unfamiliar with the band, you have a set of characters that you always went back to with the Hold Steady. And you even had a set of characters right in Lifter Puller. Yeah. And these are a new set of characters. Was there any temptation to kind of try and bring some <laughs> of the, the other characters along the way? There's always a temptation to check in with them, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but the characters, I think, I like to kind of keep the characters in their own universe, you know? <laughs> so, like, Lifter Puller has its world, Hold Steady has its world, and my soul of things. Has its own Wait, hang on. Talk about that a little. You're talking about world building, basically, <laughs> as a lyricist. Yeah. What, what what goes into that thought process? Well, it's just you're creating these stories, and they kind of you know live in the same in the same place. And you're like, well, I can't, you know, you can't write a song. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you, you're just sort of are seeing these people, right? So uh -huh. you commit to one idea, then they can't be over here. Yeah, you can't have Superman come into a Spider-Man film. Exactly. You got to keep them in their own container. Exactly. I, I do have to ask. Like I said, you've you've been playing music with the Hold Steady. It's you've released some new songs over the past couple. Like truly, not. It's a phrase. You you guys didn't take that long of a break, but got the band back together. <laughs> we sort of did get the band back together. You know. How does that feel? 
it feels amazing. I mean, I, I, we've had different lineups. Uh, Franz left for a while, our piano player. We got Steve Selvage playing guitar. And after seven years, Franz came back. And now we're like, I mean, I say it every night when we play, we finally have the best lineup of the whole study. It's, it's like everyone, mm. uh, you know, it's the whatever, the superhero. I don't know superheroes that well. <laughs> the but Avengers, some, it's the all-stars, it's, uh, it's the all-stars. Yeah, yeah, we can go to basketball, yeah, we can yeah. go to sports, I get yeah, it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so everyone's on board and it feels like, wow, everyone's here and we're playing, uh, I think, the best we've ever played. Is there going to be a new album? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. All right. Deal. That's all I wanted to hear. Can we, do we know when? I can't. Okay. Can't break that. All right. I really appreciate it. Craig, thank you so much for coming on the all show. Right. Your music has me. meant the world to me. Everyone, if you aren't familiar with the whole study, go listen to it. And if you aren't familiar with Craig's solo albums, they're incredible. I Need a New War is one of my favorite albums of 2019, and it is out now. Up next, Saeed's answering your questions in his last segment, Dear Frost. Hi friends, okay, it's time for my final Dear Ferocity segment. This is where I give you advice off the top of my head. In this case, uh, I've had some Prosecco as well, um, but I'm gonna try to answer some of your questions about like just life challenges, the weird shit that comes up. This isn't scripted or rehearsed. We'll see how we will do. Okay, um, so the topic today is about moving on, going through transitions. Okay, so one. I lived with my best friend for my last year of college, and it seriously strained our relationship. Now that we have graduated and are moving to different cities, I feel like we are never going to get our friendship back to where it was. Is it possible to rebuild our friendship now, or is it better to just move on? Okay, so there are a few things going on here. One, um, there are many people in our lives that we love fiercely and deeply that we should not live with, okay? Like, I love Isaac with my entire heart. Isaac and I should not be roommates. Like, that's that's not a good scenario for the two of us because of our, our boundaries, our needs, and our personalities, right? Um, so I would say, one, you know, if you and your best friend lived together and things didn't work out, you know, that might just be because y'all were living together, right? One, so... Don't, don't allow that to overshadow the depth of your relationship with this other person. Y'all might be fine now. Two, it's 2019. I think um, technology, uh, group text, social media, FaceTime, memes, all of these wonderful things have allowed us to have different kinds of relationships with people that maybe we don't get to see in person every day. Um, so I would say, you know, you and your best friend are moving to different cities. Maybe you're able to develop a different kind of connection and rhythm with one another um, that maybe is easier because you're not living, you know, in the same dorm or what ever. Um, so basically what I'm trying to say is I give your friendship a chance to develop. Our, our friendships and all of our relationships are dynamic. They change as we change. And I, I see no reason why one uh, period of time for the two of you has to be the verdict on, on, on what seems to be, you know, a rich and, and great relationship. So I wish you the best. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, going to be great. I have hate. I have folk. I have hate. Oh my God, I am drunk. I have faith for both of you. Okay, question two. Um, I've been at the same company since I graduated college about five years. Okay. Oh, 
I just found out that I'm not making as much money as some of my colleagues. I've asked for a raise and they've only given me small increases since I've started. I love my job, but I want to be paid my worth. Um, is that reason enough to leave? Okay. So, hmm. I have so many thoughts here. One, people tend to be financially penalized um, by sticking with the same company right out of college. It is is pretty typical that the first company you go to out of college pays you a pretty small wage. Maybe you started as an intern, right? Um, and they put you on like a, a salary schedule. So you're just like moving up incrementally as you've noted. And, and you're often kind of punished for that over time. Like you're not going to make as much money as someone who, you know, comes in after having experience at a few other companies. So you are not um, alone in this experience at all. Um, what I would tell you is use this as an opportunity to learn how to negotiate. Maybe it doesn't go well, right? Like maybe you, you speak to your manager and say, hey, I've noticed this disparity and I think I should be compensated more for my work and maybe it doesn't work out. But even that experience is valuable experience that you can take with you moving forward. So don't leave just yet. Have the conversation first and see how it goes. Um, because however it goes, positive or negative, it's a learning experience. The thing about our careers is that we actually have very relatively few opportunities to negotiate for our salaries, right? It's, it's not something that happens every day, every week, every month, right? So I think those are valuable learning opportunities. And, and I understand it's high stakes, um, but it, it is worth doing. The other thing I would tell you is to role play before you do it. I hope you have a career mentor or someone who works in the same industry that you feel comfortable talking with and walk through the conversation with them. Pretend they are your manager and practice how you have this conversation so that the first time you're doing it, it is not in front of the person who is actually making the final decision, okay? Good luck, though. You deserve that money, baby. Okay, one last question. My boyfriend and I broke up a few months ago, ooh, just in time for summer, but we weren't, because we weren't able to do long distance, oh, during college, LOL. Remember when that was a problem? Uh, now we're both home for the summer, and I'm nervous because we have the same group of friends. He says he's not ready to see me, but we broke up over the phone, and I don't want the first time I see him to be in a group of friends advice. Girl, do whatever the fuck you want. I'm assuming you're a woman. I don't know. Uh, it, it, this is so low stakes. We are all going to die soon, probably sooner than we deserve because of everything going on in the world right now. Who gives a fuck what he wants? If he broke up with you, he no longer gets to define the terms of your life decision making. If these are your friends, and if they are an important part of your life, of, of your support group, he doesn't get to say you don't get to spend time with them and th or this is how you spend. You do what you need, okay? And if he cares so much about the decisions you're making, then he should be in a relationship with you. Do what you need to do because fuck him. Listen to Lizzo until you feel better if you need to. Okay, girl? All right. Thank you all for your questions. Don't go away. We will be back with more AM to DM. <laughs> Zach and Alex. This is a letter from BuzzFeed News CEO Jonah Peretti. I think you're both going to do incredible, but not as incredible as me. But on a real note, I wish you the best of luck. You're both beautiful. You're both perfect, but you don't look like Linda Evangelista. You look like yourselves, and that's important. Also, look how incredible I am as Vanna White. 
book me more. AM to DM, BuzzFeed New. That almost Dude, got me. That, Welcome yeah, back. Oh my that is God. what almost got me. Welcome that back. Welcome back. All right. <laughs> Woo. I can't believe that's what Sissy G almost got me. I love not yet, oh. too, but not that much. Okay, we are here with the two new co-hosts of AM to DM, Alex Berg and Zach Stafford. Oh. Hi, guys. Hi, Hello. Oh my God, this couch is so comfortable. It's not. <laughs> so good week. Good week. You got a little pro Ooh, tip. You got to sit right on the edge. I mean, you got to sit on the edge. Boots up. Boots up. Yep. yep. Shoulders back. Shoulders okay. back. Right there. Here. How are you guys feeling about starting to host AM to DM on Tuesday? I feel good. I feel yeah. ready to go. I'm yeah. like, stop the waiting around. Let's just do this. Yeah, I've just been really stressed out today that I was going to cry before Isaac. <laughs> Isaac cries at the drop of a hat, and I don't, and I feel my soul like slowly becoming warm. I don't like. I see the sparkle. I see the sparkle. Zach, look look at me. I think you're going to do such a good job. (laughs) I've heard you you. try to make me cry with your vocal inflection (laughs) on the rap. And now we go to Saeed Jones for his last Uh, tear. Tried. Tried. You got a tear. He's protecting. Uh, So pro tip, don't drink. Uh, no, noted. But it noted. looks so much fun. People will offer you Prosecco and you say no, ladies. <laughs> no Last episode only. Don't do it. Okay, so to make it official, um, we've always enjoyed having our emojis okay. on the show. Um, we have new emojis for the two of you. Oh, my God. Let's take a look. Oh! you this. What's it feel like to immediately be a fashion icon here on AMT? Oh, because oh, here's the thing. I am Alex so Legends only yeah. would show up uh, when she was a producer yes. and dress to the fucking nines yeah. at 6 a.m. It was amazing. Well, Stressing listen, me out for two years. I feel so seen by that and I hope to serve many looks. Some days maybe it'll be a hit. Other days I might miss the mark. So just stick with me. It's going to be a journey. The secret is to have a backup Outfit <laughs> in your closet. Really. I'm gonna roll out like a whole clothing rack yeah, into huh? this place. Yeah, yeah, yes. So, all right. Good, good, good luck. Thank you, thank you. Well, listen, we have a surprise for you. The team put together some highlights from your time as hosts. Oh, Let's take a look. Here we go. <laughs> good morning, Twitter. I'm Isaac Fitzgerald. This is Saeed Jones, and you're watching AM to DM, a new live morning show from BuzzFeed News. Now, if you've got something to say, we want to hear it or read it, so tweet it, and we'll try to work it into the conversation we're having because this show is all the way live, honey. My God. Get in, loser. We're going tweeting. Uh-uh. Good luck, girl, because I told you not to do it. You son of a... <laughs> the table. And start just, wow. I'd have to pick Isaac. Isaac, you're a wonderful person. I can kick a baby's ass. They're going to have to fight now. That's the rule. I don't make the rules. Me and a baby, me every time. I can't believe you would do Aunt Carol like that. I've noticed from watching the show that I have a fake laugh. What's it sound I'm like? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> About the gays, though, Pete. My, my gaydar is not great to begin with, and it doesn't, definitely we doesn't know. Uh, work over uh, long stretches of time. My gaydar also does not always uh, pierce the time-space continuum. Were you cool? You know, you know, you know, no, you know, no, I, Senator, you know, you, I Senator, trying, I, I have the floor. Set the terms of these Were debates, you cool in, in high school? I do not take political advice from Donald Trump. 
Okay. Uh. <laughs> Sam, what do you think of the nickname Kill Daddy? I feel like you should probably oh live tweet my whole life from now on. Oh, you're like so famous. So famous. You've done so much. I can't even believe I'm talking to you right now. I can't believe it either. After all these years of playing the lawyer, could you get yourself out of trouble? Hell no. <laughs> what did I say to you when I first saw you? Oh my God, I love your hair. Oh, did that's you hear true. me say that? Oh and now I'm looking at your eyebrows and oh. I'm looking at the reddish brown color of your skin that's very Native American meets African American. You know, so there's like these things that I see immediately that I think are beautiful. <laughs> my heart is full. Everybody wants to be safe and everybody needs to feel safe. I won't lie, I feel inspired. I feel inspired to be sitting uh, down with you guys right now. Can you see our guy? <laughs> Hi, sweetheart. Hey, girl. Thank you. Thank you for, for bringing your voice to the world. Oh, oh my goodness. As friendship, <laughs> as writers together, what have you learned from Roxanne? I believe I've learned from Roxanne I'm so sad. I'm sorry. Um, is to be brave. Twitter is a frustrating place right now. The news is overwhelming, and so I feel to have been given the opportunity to create something of use in the middle of all of this has just been a really huge honor. The thing that I'm going to miss the most is, of course, the team here that helps make AM to DM every day, and all of you guys who watch it. I look forward to the future of live content from Twitter because I feel like we're just, we're just the beginning. Right. I wrote, responding to nothing, at the ferocity, let's never stop holding <laughs> internet hands. Oh my God. And mama look at us now. <laughs> you know, I was in bed, drinking some wine, watching rehearsal footage, and there was just a moment where I was like, huh, I'm watching my friendship. I was struck by that. Um, never thought we'd be co-hosts, but being who we are to each other got us here. You bastard! I'm so mad at every single person oh that works God. on this team in, in a loving way, in like a mad, loving... Oh, <laughs> oh no! It's okay. I feel like it's, it's a tissue for you guys right now. I, so I've been dreading this a little bit because oh like I'm God. so empathic that like you two have been friends of mine for a long time and you all's relationship has been the most, one of the most stunning relationships I've ever seen in my life. We did a photo shoot a few years ago where we celebrated your love <laughs> and I knew that being here was going to be this like kind of attack of, of feelings and I, thank you so much for sharing that with us and Twitter and like sharing your, this joy and this beauty for the world. It's really like going to keep growing and blooming and it's going to really change the world for the better I think and you guys are gonna do amazing because you just came up with that off the top of your goddamn head while I was crying too hard to read my actual rap so good come on cheer up Osberg and Zach Stafford cheer up for yourselves Zane and I are gonna miss you all so much up next we say our final goodbyes stick around Good morning, America. I'm BuzzFeed News Editor-in-Chief Ben Smith. I have a very special message today for our two departing co-hosts, um, Isaac and Saeed. I love both of you deeply. I can't wait for both of you to win Pulitzers so I can crash the party and interrupt. I, Syzygy, would also like to say on a real note, 
I hope you both burn in hell. This is my show now. <laughs> oh my God. Ooh, how you feeling, uh -oh. buddy? Woo. Woo. I wouldn't have worn makeup if I knew I was going to be crying this much. <laughs> oh my God. Guys. Guys, shout out to the folks that put together that video. That was so yeah, meaningful. That was so you. incredible. That was very sweet. And it does feel really good to, to see the work kind of laid out like that. Yeah. It's been a lot, man. It's, it has been an intense two years, but uh, it feels like we did some good stuff along the way. It does. It does. <laughs> All right, let's get to your tweets. They make up so much of the show, and we really appreciate them. Pixmaven, you tweeted, as a viewer, it's hard to not feel included in the camaraderie and mutual respect you all have for each motherfucker. <laughs> We all have for each other, the whole team, crew, and all the reporters. I'm really going to miss you guys here. But also, where can I get Paul's shirt in my size? Yeah, start, oh hey, God. We, we do merch. We do merch. I'm putting the sunglasses on. I've officially definitely cried. Uh, we do merch. Uh, yeah, we should sell. We should definitely sell that T-shirt. I mean, I want Paul's T-shirt. Um, <laughs> I cannot believe how much I'm crying. Um, it has meant so much um, to get your tweets and your DMs and your text messages uh, for the last year and a half. Um, it has meant so much, um, Pixmaven, you in particular, um, for you to see news stories that you cared about and to send them to me and Isaac and to say, are you gonna talk about this tomorrow? I think you should talk about this. It's meant so much to know that you trusted us with things you cared about. Um, and that's not gonna change. And um, Zach and Alex are not just new hosts, they are longtime friends of mm -hmm. both of ours. And um, we trust them with this show. And I'm, I'm so excited to see you develop a relationship with them. But Thank you. Yeah. Thank you Thank so you from much. the bottom of our hearts. But also, real quick, Henry, can I get a zoom in on Tyler's face <laughs> just so we can see the actual tears? Hang on. I'm sorry. I'm just going to remove this. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't act like I'm fucking not pulling my eyes out. So oh, I'm my God. Sorry. Okay. Here's a tweet from okay. Stacia. Waking up and reading the headlines is a nightmare tempered only by watching Saeed and Isaac receive that info at 10 a.m. every day. Thank you both for your passion and laughs. Isaac going off about load tippers last month was a highlight. Best wishes. Oh, I'm so glad you teed, teed me up for that. Tip, assholes, just tip 20%. It's not that hard. Got him it's not that up. hard. You just factor it in to your expenses. If you can't afford it, you don't go oh out. That's God. okay. That's all right. Or you oh. go to an inexpensive place. That's okay. Servers, drivers, people who help you move, anyone that helps you tip. You know what? Send a fucking card to your grandmother or some other family Fantastic. member. Just show people love in the ways that you know how. But when it comes to service industry, that way is money. That's it. I have to read the next tweet now. Camille says, okay, maybe y'all won't cry, but I, oh, well, Camille, this is an earlier in the day tweet. Uh, started watching the first day of AM to DM. Saeed and Isaac have been there keeping me company at a shitty soulless startup and into my thriving freelance career. 
Can't wait to see y'all's next steps. And that means so much, because that's one of the other things that's been so wonderful about your show. I am so mad about the emotions I am displaying. Just for the record, like Saeed was saying, you guys have interacted with us yeah. for almost two years now. And we have gotten to watch you all glow up as we glow up. And it's been a wonderful journey to be along. So congrats to you, Camille on your new freelance career and how well it's doing, but there are so many other people that come to mind. Yeah. Blasian FMA, Joe Lee, yeah. oh my God, Kirsten yeah. Baptiste, yeah. like the people that we, I'm, I know I'm forgetting about a hundred names, yeah. I shouldn't have started naming names, but just know that we see you out here on the timeline and we're still gonna see you out here on the timeline. We love you and it's wonderful being a part of your life. We've gotten to see people like uh, Joe Lee step into their pronouns mm. um, and develop the confidence to live as you live so joyfully and so yourself. We've gotten to see people like Kirsten Baptiste step into your own as a businesswoman in Texas. We've gotten to see Princess Slaya move from the United States to the Netherlands and to pursue your education. So many of you are thriving and we want you to know that it has absolutely been um, back and forth. You, we, it's not just you inspiring us, it's, it's just all in sync and we're just, Thank you. Um, but beyond that, we have to thank all of the incredible people. Give it up for the fucking crew, baby! <laughs>